One thing that will be nice to get back to as these mandates are lifted, hopefully, is live music. That's one thing I really missed over the course of the pandemic, um, is live music, going to see bands. So I was really excited to read that the band Train, I'll always remember 2001's Drops of Jupiter. I was on this part of the ski team with Global News that was affiliated with a rock station that played that song every weekend back in 2001, felt like it was everywhere. Always liked Train since. So they're back on tour. Uh, They're heading out on a big summer tour beginning in June. They're going to hit Toronto at some point, Seattle as well. They also have a new album coming out on May the 22nd and a new single that was released just a few weeks ago called AM Gold. The lead single off the band's 11th studio album, the first in five years of all original material. That'll come out on May the 20th. And of course, that tour along with Jewel and Blues Traveler starts in June. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome Pat Monahan, lead singer of Trey. You know, whenever you sit down to interview someone in the music world, you always ask people you know about the band you're about to speak about. And it was amazing that one person told me that listening to your records, listening to your tracks, even you know from over the last 15, 20 years, is what they do when they need to find a happy place. And I hmm. thought, what greater compliment is there than that to a songwriter and an artist? There definitely is not a bigger compliment to me. That's pretty cool. <laughs> And then when I read about, you know, the last few years for you, I gather that trying to create tracks that you're happy with, that other people are happy with, is difficult when you're, when you're sort of taken out of your usual routine and found yourself sort of in front of a computer screen instead. Yeah, especially now, writing songs virtually was definitely not um, something that I desired, but I had to figure out how to do it. Um, while other people are suffering with, you know, illness and uh, losing their jobs, I at least had the luxury to continue to have a job and and do the work. But then that's just the first step. Then it's uh, during this time in our lives, what is there relevant to be singing about? You know, what is it that I can do? And and I think that what the point that you made earlier that someone uh, very kindly said about what we do is. I think my job is to bring music to people that will somehow lift them up. And uh, at first, when I started in train, that was kind of frowned upon because it was the grunge era that was, you know, still pretty hot and no one was singing anything that was supposed to be uplifting. It was, uh, you know, more awful than ever. Listen to this jam. And, uh, and when I started writing songs like Calling All Angels or even Meet Virginia and especially Drops of Jupiter, it was I think Drops of Jupiter kind of made its way in because it wasn't necessarily happy. It was kind of like uh, uplifting in a way, but also very sad. And I think that's why maybe it broke through. But this record has a lot of that as well, where uh, a tr- an old train fan, she's not old, but she's been with us a long time. She said, hey, Pat, I'm really psyched that you're all happy and everything and got a great wife, but we're all, we're not all living that life. You can think you can get back to that misery. <laughs> and I was like, I got that on deck all the time. So let me work it out. So there's a, there's a bunch of heartbreak in there too. AM gold though is, is by its very definition, a really happy track. And you'll know we're kind of born in the same area era that AM gold to me is like memories of like all the variety of music you heard in the seventies from captain Tennille to ambrosia to, you know, yeah. the spinners, it, it really has a great feel to it. And uh, I, I guess that that was on purpose, right? Something uplifting. Yeah, that was actually the name of the record came because my manager, you know, I, I send him when we completed a song, I would send him the songs. And 
you know, there were 30 or 40 songs and the ones that were really special. He was like, this sounds like an AM gold record because he's uh, he's about eight or 10 years older than me. And I was like, I don't even know what an AM gold record is. Then I researched it and it was just like you said. And I was like, wow, you nailed it. This is like an AM gold record. An AM gold was not even a song yet. But I was like, well, now I have to write AM gold because that just makes sense. There was a piece missing that was more of like the Bee Gees uh, or something up tempo and a little bit more disco-y than like the spinners and ambrosia but there's plenty of that on the record too i was thinking back during the pandemic i found that i ended up listening to a lot of sort of softer stuff i don't know what it was i just like i I certainly didn't pull out my old pearl jam records so it was it was back to that kind of am gold thing i think was just Mm -hmm. one of those needs to have to have something uplifting um around yeah was it was it tough to write was it tough to sit down and write a new record Yeah, it was tough because I was also writing a musical for Broadway. And so the writing a record for myself actually became easier than the Broadway stuff because that's a, so I finished the first draft uh, after this album was completed, but working simultaneously on both, I ended up finding it to be easier to write an album than a musical because it's at least my, my perspective where uh, you know, a musical is like each character has their own personality and I've got to figure out what that person would be saying or singing uh, during these moments in their struggles or their joys. And that I think helped me write a better record, a better album, because then I was able to tap into my own stuff and be honest. And like, these are, they're like, there's a, there's a song on the album called betting on me where that's been my whole life. I mean, There's no way that there's a 22-year-old kid out there thinking, you know what? I need a new train record. Uh, But it's up to me to think that they do, not them. You know, like, I have to make something worth having because I'm betting on me all the time. I have to. I mean, you you even mentioned that when you talked about John Lennon writing music for his generation. And as time goes on, I mean, that becomes, you know, you change, right? As you get older, I mean, I know this, you change. And the way you look at things change. And, and, and yeah. I guess having your music reflect that and still appeal is, is, is the challenge. The challenge really is I can write songs and make records. Uh, I could put four records out a year if I wanted. But I don't know if any of it would be relevant. And the relevancy is the part that's difficult. Uh, how, do I, how do I not try to be a TikTok star, but understand that this is a very competitive realm uh, that we live in musically. And that if I do want to be heard, I have to be thinking as though that has to be an avenue at some point. Uh, I'm not going to be a TikTok star, but somebody has to recognize some of this music on TikTok if it wants to be heard. You know, that's, that's difficult because I, I come from, you know, cassettes and then CDs and then iTunes uh, and now streaming and now TikTok. It's like it keeps changing uh, every two years. You know, like somebody, I have a 10 year old son and I mentioned something about YouTube and he's like, I watch YouTube, but I don't think anybody else I know does. Like, that's how fast this is moving, you know? Yeah. I now feel like I now know what my dad was like when he used to stare at the VCR on the clock flashing and thinking, Dad, what's yeah. wrong with you? You know, I get that now. I get that. <laughs> 
Coming up, we talk about TikTok and the pressures of the ever-evolving music industry and find out what it's like to work with Taylor Swift. More with Pat Monahan, lead singer of Train, after this. Welcome. I'm speaking with Pat Monahan, lead singer of Train. I did speak to to a Canadian recording artist earlier who, you know, who's who's trying to make a comeback and she said, "Oh, it's so tough. It's so tough now to try and be your own marketing manager. Like am I supposed to document my life 24 hours a day? Like where does the line exist? Are you finding that difficult as well for in modern music to try to sort of have to market yourself or at least the pressure to market yourself 24/7?" Yeah, I think this is where it all ends up being. I have to make music for my generation. Uh, I think my generation is on TikTok a little bit, but not really. I mean, they're they're still on MySpace or what you know, maybe not MySpace, but uh, Facebook. And that's just the era that I live in. And I have to make music for those people and hope that maybe it will become broader. Um, so my I have a thirteen year old daughter. And TikTok is like a, the world to her. And she was like, dad, check this out. It's blowing up. And she sent me a TikTok clip of 50 Ways to Say Goodbye, which is a train song that's now becoming a huge thing on TikTok because it's a, it's basically like when your boyfriend and your best friend get along really well, and then they show clips of, and then with 50 Ways to Say Goodbye in the back, like, uh, uh, so you never know, like uh, this song AM Gold could be something special right now, uh, or it could be a TikTok thing in, you know, six years. I don't know how it works, but I have to just, I have to just do the work and and hope for the best at some point. You can't worry about it as much as uh, your friend. I remember reading some story years ago, years ago about Chris and Tina Weymouth of the Talking Heads and one of their kids finally liked the Tom Tom Club because Mariah Carey sampled it, right? It was one of those yeah, things right. about, <laughs> about having kids, you know? Uh, yeah. Your music, your music. Uh, it must be the one thing that I, I, I do imagine will be exciting is to go back out on tour and you're launching a big tour in June. I know Toronto is one of your stops here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, how much are you looking forward to actually being out in front of those same, those same people again? Uh, well, we, we were able to get 25 shows in last summer. Uh, and oh, okay. every, every day, um, I was like, we just got to make it through today because everywhere in the whole world, a tour was shutting down, uh, a group was getting COVID, whatever the, every day was a, another batch of bad news and we got through it and it was amazing and beautiful and people needed it. And you realize how healing and miraculous music can be in people's lives. And so I'm assuming that this will just be a bigger extension of that. So I think going out on tour this summer might be uh, maybe the most exciting, best year of my life musically on on the road. Uh, And plus, we'll be joined by Jewel and Blues Traveler, who I've known for many years. So this throwback era album, uh, along with, you know, a throwback group of friends might be uh, just what I need. Is it tough to set up a tour when you, when you still have, I mean, I think things are opening up a lot, at least here in Canada, a lot of the mandates are dropping. I know yeah, in the States it's been too. faster. Is it tougher to, tougher to sort of try to plan ahead? Uh, yeah, I think it's not as tough for us to plan ahead, but I think it's tough for ticket buyers to plan ahead. I think for, you know, my manager mentioned before we even put the tour up, he's like, Hey, I just want you to be prepared because ticket buyers have been punished for two years you buy tickets it's canceled never comes back like whatever the thing is so i think people are waiting um 
a, they're a little bit reluctant of like how, you know, is this really going to happen kind of thing? Uh, and so, you know, it's going fine and, and, and tickets are, are, are selling well, but uh, you can sense a bit every genre of music that people are reluctant like i'm gonna wait and see if this is really gonna happen because for two years it hasn't what kind of music did you listen to through the pandemic that got you through some of those days where it was uh feeling a little feeling tough well one of the only places i was allowed to go to was a golf course right and so i would golf with a couple friends and one of them uh we aren't allowed but we would listen to music out on the course and this guy was playing some music that sounded like, uh, you know, a Motown era. And I was like, wow, who is this? And he's like, oh, it's these uh, 25-year-old kids from Seattle. And I was like, what? Like, uh, it was a band called The Dip. And so I started listening a little bit more to that. And then I started listening to older music that they were referencing. And I think that's why AM Gold happened, because uh, it was like, I always listen to new music while making a record. And this time I listened to more throwback music from the AM gold era. It's again, it's interesting what people listen to over the time. Um, I did have to ask you a bit about working with Taylor Swift because one of my other colleagues said, ask him about working with Taylor Swift. So, mm. uh, I mean, clearly that, you know, that was, that was a big hit over the past few years. How is that? Because speaking of younger generations, Taylor is, uh, you know, she's lovely and she's driven like no one I've ever been around. And um, she's a boss lady. You know, when you're in the room with her, you're you definitely it's interesting because I was very timid in the room because, you know, uh, I just needed to vibe it out. I'm I'm just that way. And uh, after about an hour, she was like, you know, you're here because uh I love what you do. So I want you to do what you do. And I was like, okay, cool. I just needed to hear that instead of helping her do her thing. She wanted me to be a bigger participant. So, you know, she's smart. She's uh, clever and she knows how to do this. She's certainly a big fan of yours. I was watching some of those live, uh, those live shows, uh, Newark, I think it's specific. And yeah, it must be great to walk out again in front of a, a different crowd of people who, who may know your music, but may not be familiar with your music and introduce them to it again. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was cool. We, we did drive by together in New York a couple of years ago and that was a lot of fun, but yeah, it was a different kind of crowd. You know, it's, uh, I've been to one direction concerts and that's, uh, that's too hard on my ears. <laughs> Not the music, but the screaming. I was going to say, what, what was that like? Well, you can add actor to Pat Monahan's skills and Vancouver and Whistler to where he was filming on location. We're going to ask him about his time in BC next. But last year, I spotted Pat Monahan in something else. It was the release of a Hallmark movie called Christmas in Tahoe. Train had been in the holiday spirit since 2015 when they'd put out their Christmas in Tahoe album. That record was the inspiration for that Hallmark movie starring Pat Monahan and filmed in BC. I did want to ask, I mean, I, I, I watched Christmas in Tahoe um, quite by accident. You know, it sounded interesting. I saw it. I'm like, oh, we'll watch this together. So I was telling my wife last night, I'm like, hey, you know, you know who I'm interviewing? I'm interviewing Pat you know, from, from Christmas in Tahoe. She's like, oh, Jackson. that's great. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, what was that? You spent a lot of time in Canada, by the way. How was that? It was great. We were in... Uh... Vancouver and Whistler 
That's beautiful. I've never been to Whistler before, but man, what a magical place. If uh, if you're Canadian or any uh, from any country, go to Whistler at some point. It's miraculous. We had a lot of fun. It's, you know, it, acting is hard. Uh, it's not a natural thing for some people like myself. Uh, so I have to work really hard at it. You know, and the fact that they give you like a trailer, it's more, it's not as like, hey, you're in a trailer because it's so glamorous and you're in there having cocktails. It's you're in there cramming for a test, basically, uh, making sure that you're not wasting people's time when the camera's on. And so that's hard. And one of the guys that was in the movie with me, uh, the, the main actress's dad, he's a Canadian actor who has been in about 170 films and and he was so lovely and very helpful. He was really help, helping me a lot. And he, at one point, at one point I said, what's next for you? And he's like, nothing <laughs> until it comes up. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it works in the acting world. It's like, uh, you never know. I'm sure he's busy right now, but he didn't know, you know, six months ago what he was going to do. <laughs> and acting though i mean I, I guess it's a lot of hurry up and wait so the creative process oh, yeah. is comple- completely different for you yeah it's a totally different thing it's a lot of hurry up and wait too in music where it's like write a record write a record and then you know it, it takes 40 songs probably to narrow it to six and then the six sometimes aren't the magic it's just the vibe you know those are the songs that are dictating the sound of the album and then you build the rest of the album and then you mix it and then you master it and then you wait so that people can get prepared to put a single out it's i mean you know this is a long process as well but the hurry up and wait in acting is definitely uh, a big part of it so so what did a what did so i'm i'm good friends with george lopez and he's really good friends with sam jackson and uh and Sam said, you don't get paid for acting. You get paid for waiting. <laughs> and that's what it was. Is it something you'd want to pursue more of? Is it something you look at? Like that, that experience you had, is it something you'd like to do more of? Or was you know, it, uh, uh, because George, uh, who was also in the movie with me, because yeah. I was like, hey, hey, George, how do you feel about inconveniently flying to Whistler, spending, you know, two days with me, and not making any money. And he was like, oh, I've been waiting for this call my whole career. <laughs> <laughs> so we're thinking that maybe uh, every year, George and I do something Hallmark wise. Like maybe he continues to be, I continue to be Jackson from Christmas in Tahoe. And I go out on tour and George will be my, uh, my security guy since he was the security at the hotel. Tom Butler, right? That's I was trying to remember the name of the uh, the Canadian actor who was who was yes, in the, who was that's in the movie. exactly Tom right. Butler. Tom yep. Butler, that's right. Yeah, uh, that Tom's was yeah, absolutely. Great. Um, so, so now what next then? So you're going to go out on tour. I mean, that's going to be a obviously a going to take up a lot of your summer. You have a busy year. Is it going to be hard to sort of be away from the family and go back and and live that life? You know, after two years of being home a lot, I think uh, it's going to be great, and they'll come out with me. It, you know, not the kind of guy that was a burden to my family being at home. So it's like, I'm giving them a break by leaving. Uh, But, you know, we'll miss each other and they'll come out on tour with me periodically and we'll have a great time. And, uh, but they're busy, you know, like everybody's busy. They're, they're trying to keep going in their thing too. 
AM Gold. So the album comes out in a while. The single is out now. And uh, yeah, all the best and all, all, all success. Uh, Thanks. Well, hopefully I'll see you in person yeah. when we're in Toronto. It'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. If you're back in Vancouver, I'm even closer. So we'll, uh, we can, oh, we can, great. We'll come up to Whistler. Okay, cool. Well, when we shoot the next Christmas movie, I'll come find you. Awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.